Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. I am your host, Meredith Willits, with my amazing co-host here, Allison McGuire. And today I am bringing the topic because I have just been through a weird week and I want to share it with all of you. So stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Allison, today I'm bringing the topic, which of course works out because you said you don't have one. (laughs) So the tables have turned, but always for the best. Always for the best. The reason I want to talk about this subject is because it's happening in real time. I'm I'm deep in it. And it's not existential. It's it's nothing like that. It's about alcohol and kind of what is going on with my life. And like if anyone's like, I got it, I'm gonna listen to like there's nothing that's outside of spirit. There's nothing that's outside of energy. So all of it is all of it is all of it. So when I'm sitting here talking about alcohol, it's just a component of spirit, of human experience, of all the things. So like many people, of course, not all, during COVID, it was like, oh my God, it's Tuesday. I have nothing going on. Let's start drinking at noon and invite friends over because it's a light work week or a light work day or whatever. You know, everyone's home and has nothing to do. And so I was probably, and this is going to be a very vulnerable conversation because, you know, you want to seem like you have your shit together, but I was probably drinking the equivalent of, I don't know, a half a bottle of tequila a day like when friends would be over to like a bottle of wine minimum a day, seven days a week. What the hell? And I know you're not a big drinker, so you probably don't relate to this at all. I relate to it in the sense that in the past couple of years, for whatever reason, and I would say that I liken it more to kind of my spiritual journey, that the more kind of tuned in I've become, the less I've been able to drink from a standpoint of my body just can't handle it. Like I, I just, even like while I would be drinking, I would feel really, really bad to the mm-hmm. point where it was like, you know what I, and this is, it's kind of like one of those things where it started and then it just has gotten like worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where like every time I drink lately, like one drink, I will have the worst pain in my knees. I will have the worst pain like in my body. And I feel mm-hmm. like my body's just like, what are you doing? And like, what are you any, really doing here? Yeah. And if anyone doesn't know, so the knees, the left knee represents um, and is it correlated energetically to the liver and the right knee correlates to the kidneys. So basically anything that you drink or don't drink, right? So if you're not having enough water, you're going to see that show up as pain, aggravation, whatever in your knees. So like if you really go crazy drinking, you could have a lot of issues with your left knee, like for alcohol. But if you're like dehydrated or taxing your kidneys, then you're going to see that show up in your right knee. A lot of medications that are hard on your kidneys, you can see that show up in your right knee. So the fact that you're saying that your knees hurt is like so in line with um, ingesting liquid, that is ethanol. Yeah. And 
for those of you that don't know, I had estrogen positive breast cancer. And one of the results of drinking alcohol is an increased estrogen levels. So when my oncologist told me, you've got, you've like literally have to stop drinking because when you're drinking, you're upping your estrogen levels, which could very well have caused your breast cancer. Absolutely not. You're full of shit. Like 100% no. There's no way I gave myself breast cancer with alcohol. And also alcohol causes almost every or is a contributor to almost every other cancer in the body. Also, you know, when I would circle the, you know, when you go to the doctor and you're like, how many drinks a day? And you're like, one to three, seven to 10 or whatever, you know, like, I was literally ingesting probably 21 plus drinks a week. If you think three glasses of wine, one making dinner, two during dinner, etc. And I thought that that was 100% normal because all my friends drink that much. Mm-hmm. I don't have any friends that don't drink that much. You know what I mean? Or at least when I see them, they're drinking that much. When I hear them talk, they're drinking that much. It's no big deal to have one, two, three margaritas or three glasses of wine, whatever, right? Bloody Mary's in the morning, Bailey's and coffee, beers all day, high noons, yada, yada. So my litmus test of the others in my life, which by the way, my husband doesn't really drink that much. So he just never has, Um, maybe in college, but since I've known him, he's not a big drinker. I don't know. It just, it, I was just part and parcel with the world around me. And we had talked about, you and I have talked about when I went to Michigan, how it just kind of fell off. Drinking just kind of fell off. Yeah. Like it's so funny because I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, I feel like you went from that to like, it like fell off a cliff. It wasn't like you were like, oh, I recognize that I feel like I'm drinking too much or my body doesn't feel good, whatever. It was like, all of a sudden it was just like, you came to a complete halt with it which I feel like that alone just if nothing else like you not only did you go away or by yourself we're working hand over fist for like how long right every day by yourself for how many weeks you completely stopped drinking like talk about transformation I mean I feel like in hindsight do you look at that and you're like holy shit that was like a turning point in my life I feel like it's got to be I literally said to my dad yesterday, so my dad is leaving this morning. My husband's actually in the process of going and taking him to the airport. I literally said to my dad yesterday, if nothing else will ever come from the island, which it will, but the fact that I got in tune with who I am as a person and stopped drinking, or at least, so so this is like, you know, layers here, but I am so grateful for recognizing how completely fucking out of control I was. And I am aghast at how out of control the world around me is when it comes to alcohol. So over the past four months-ish being in Michigan, I don't have like friends there. I don't have like a social network. Like the guys leave from doing the work with me during the day. They leave at, you know, three, four, five, six o'clock. And then I'm by myself. Like And very often I would crack a beer and sit there and drink it by myself or a high noon or whatever, right? Maybe finish it, maybe not. 
But then when I would come back into my hometown here in the Chicagoland area, I would go back to my more normal Meredith. So high noons at the kids' baseball games or a glass of wine out with Jim for dinner. I would go back into my normal cycle. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I went over and talked to a friend and over the course of a few hours, her and I um, and someone else, another person that had been over, we polished off three bottles of wine. And I hadn't drank like that in weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And so it was over these these course of these last couple weeks where I'm like, what am I doing? What's my end game with this one drink or these two drinks? Where am I headed in this moment? Where am I headed in this evening, in this drinking session, right? Where am I going with this? Why am I ingesting... 500 calories of sugar and alcohol. Why do I need to disassociate? Where am I heading with this buzz? Where am I going with this? Mm-hmm. You know, Jim and I went out a couple weeks ago to a local bar restaurant. We were sitting outside. I had uh, two drinks. I don't even remember what they were now. I had two drinks. And so now it's like, let's say four o'clock in the afternoon. And now I'm lethargic. I'm tired. I'm, you know, a little chippy, aggravated, whatever. For what? Why? Where? What am I doing? Right? And so I've been really third person watching endgame, purpose. What the fuck am I doing? Why do I need a buzz? Why do I need to disassociate? Why do, what am I doing? What? am I doing and why? What's the purpose? Yeah. And now it seems like you've created, and I feel like that's a cycle with anything that people finally recognize about themselves. It's like you've created enough space between you and it to see it and to see it for what it is. Cause you're not so in the forest that you can't see the trees. Literally. Um, I have a question when you're talking about this, I keep wondering, how are you feeling physically different? Because like I, like my example, like my, my tolerance is such a physical reaction that like, if I drank like what you're talking about, I would feel absolutely terrible all the time. Right. Like if I drank like Meredith previous. So now that you're not drinking, when you go to drink like that, or when you aren't drinking, like, what are you noticing that's different about your, how you're feeling? So being in Michigan gave me perspective, right? Because prior, when you drink every day, you just think that that's where your body's at. You think that this is life because I do it every day. This is normal. This is normal Mm -hmm. to constantly be gaining weight. It's normal to wake up and feel poofy, you know, like poofy cheeks, poofy fingers. It's normal to wake up at 1 a.m. sweating, 3 a.m. going to the bathroom, 5 a.m. going to the bathroom again, tossing and turning all night, disrupted sleep, never dreaming, not on point. This is my normal. This is what 50 looks like. This is what 48 looks like, right? And it's probably because of my tamoxifen medication. It's probably because I'm going through menopause that I'm gaining all this weight, right? So that becomes your normal because it is your normal. So when I went to Michigan and started having many days that I didn't drink either a bottle of wine or I didn't drink at all, and I would wake up in the morning at 6 or 7 a.m. and I'm like, 
holy shit, I just slept through the night. What the hell? I didn't wake up sweating. I didn't wake up at 3 a.m. I'm not poofy. My rings fit in the morning, right? I'm not anxious. I'm not like angry or depressed or whatever, right? I started to recognize that there was cause and effect. Mm -hmm. I started to recognize that not sleeping, that that was something I was inducing into my day. I was, I was making that happen. That was just not a part of me. I'm reading a book right now, Quit Like a Woman. And it's about how it's so normal, right? For women, women are like, have doubled the um, number of alcohol consumption for women in the past few years. Women over 50 years old are one of the number one alcoholic groups in the world, i.e. mommy juice, i.e. rosé all day, i.e. all these beverages that are geared towards low carb, women, pink wine, yada, yada, right? And so mommy's sippy cup, which is a wine glass. So we are definitely marketed and I'm not even going to talk about that really probably today, but I was able to recognize that the symptoms that I've been experiencing were not a part of my norm. Mm -hmm. They were not what life is because I was able to get a little bit away from it enough to be me and not me on ethanol. Right. Because my, my every day was, was drinking even if it's just a sip, your body still has to. So then when I got through the Michigan piece, I started drinking way less. And then I started to realize even if I had one glass of wine, one glass of alcohol, my sleep was still equally disrupted. Yeah. I can equally. relate to that. It is, it's true. It's That's true. Insane. I think. insane. But you don't know it until you don't do it. And then you get the space from it. And I think one thing that you're talking about that probably resonates with a lot of people is that sort of how things creep up on you, right? Like you're maybe, you know, your norm is to have a couple drinks a week after work, at the end of the day, while you're making dinner with friends, whatever. COVID happens, you drink a little bit more, you drink a little bit more, you drink like it's like that slowly and then quickly thing that happens. And then all of a sudden, you just don't notice it because it's happened so gradually. And then you finally, hopefully, can get some perspective on where you're at. I think it's interesting, too, that you're bringing this topic today because I have to tell you, in my personal life and in the personal lives of a lot of people around me, addiction and alcohol and self-sabotaging types of behaviors are super, like, a topic right now. Wow. Like, it's... It's very loud, loud yeah. right? Like, are you seeing this in other people as well? Or are you just experiencing this more personally right now? So what I'm noticing, well, it was funny because, so my son is on like an all-star team, okay? And he, this is his third year on the same team. We have the same parents, basically, give or take one family or two families. And you bring a cooler, you bring your cooler of high noons, right? It's 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 a camp. You're going to watch your kids' baseball game and everyone brings their Yeti cooler and their Yeti cups and it's super cute. You sit around and you booze up while you watch your kids play. Well, I'm not. 
And so now I'm watching everyone around me and I'm like, oh my God, these people are literally using their kids' baseball as an excuse to get shit-faced at noon, three, four, six o'clock in the afternoon. And why do you need to drink 10 beers and watch your kid play baseball? Like what is going on that you need to disassociate that much? And so I think that's the thing. Yeah. I started talking to one of the guys and he said, I go, I'm not drinking. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm not either. And I go, shut up. He's like, yeah, I'm sick of it. He goes, I'll drink. But he's like, I can't sleep. I haven't slept in years from that. And I go, holy shit, that's why I'm quitting too. And he goes, I am so sick of being up all night and not sleeping and sweating. And then, and he goes, and don't get me wrong. I drink like a pig over 4th of July weekend. He goes, but I'm starting to really recognize how shitty I feel. And so I'm watching him, him and I don't drink and we watch everyone else. Like not everyone, like I'm not going to, you know, paint a wide brush, but it's becoming so in my face. So my point is, is I'm watching what you just said, you know, where addiction or things that no longer serve us. Let's say that. Because the big thing that I'm starting to see is relationships falling away, be them friends, be them spouses, be them jobs, family members, addiction, behaviors. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a vice. It could just be a behavior, shopping too much or whatever. And I'm I'm seeing a lot of things fall away from people as an as a whole, as a as a complete whole. But I'm going to say that it's been one week since I've drank anything. And I'm going to tell you, looking at COVID, looking at cancer and having my doctor say, You you drink too much. And I'm like, fuck you. No, I don't. Right. Even though I was drinking 21 plus drinks. Uh, a, a week, then thinking that I was cutting back because of Michigan, which I was, you know, but in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I, I'm so pious. Like I barely drink at all. Like I'm so like, oh my God. Right. So there's that. And now not drinking at all, not a sip for one whole week, I was still drinking a lot because Now, when you pull back and don't drink, you Mm -hmm. then recognize how many times you would have drank out to dinner. I would have had two glasses of wine out to dinner another night. I would have had two drinks right there. My husband and I went and listened to live music. He had two or three drinks. I had a elixir, which is like this healthy juice drink, which I so appreciate this place as. I got that and a Diet Coke. We went yesterday downtown Chicago. I would 100% would have had a drink on the boat we went on. And I would have had another drink at the restaurant. I most likely would have came home and had another drink. There's three drinks right there that I didn't have that would have been off my radar, completely drank, not even thought about with zero end game, no other reason than when you go do something fun, when you go to dinner, when you go to lunch, when you sit down at a restaurant, you order a beverage, alcoholic beverage. I went out to dinner the other day with my dad, didn't drink, went out, I would have totally drank every single one of these times, every one of them. I would have never purchased water or an iced tea, I 100% would have justified 
a glass of champagne or uh, whatever the hell, right? Uh, a, a basil vodka splash, right? And I'm amazed because if you think that each one of those drinks is roughly 200 calories, when I tell you that's 25 pounds a year, because it's 3,500 yeah. additional calories to gain one pound, I was easily ingesting 3,500 calories of booze a week. That's a pound a week. That's 52 pounds a year. Not only that, I'm sitting here thinking like the amount of money, right? Like think about how much every crafted cocktail is like 15 bucks at least, right? Like at least, at least least. you have that. And then you have, like you said, the sleep piece. You have so many, it's like what, how many things are you going to sacrifice for that? Literally. How many things are you willing to sacrifice for the, for that drink or for those couple drinks? Which, okay, now don't get me wrong. I'm not here to like villainize alcohol in any way. I love a great drink, you know, here and there. But I I personally have a hard time with it anymore. And I also feel like the social pressure, right? Like I just was on vacation. Uh, We just got back last night and we were with friends who typically tie it on. And the pressure, the social pressure, and just sort of that like, Oh, are you not having, are you not having fun today? Are you not going to, are you a party pooper? Yeah. Are you like that whole kind of energy around it? I think like I was, I was super conscious to kind of bring my fun game, (laughs) even if I wasn't going to partake in the other part of it. Right. Like I felt like, Oh, I have to like, if I'm not going to do this, I have to make sure I like amp it up a little bit. You know, and I think that's something too, where it's like, okay, it's not only associated with all these sort of like negative things, it's also associated with a certain like vibe or pers- like a, a like a feeling or like a something that you're creating when you're doing this, right? Like th- that we think, oh, can't be created without it, but I'm here, like that's just simply not true. I was also thinking about how you know the couple times when. I was pregnant with my kids about, you know, those first few weeks when you go out with friends and you're trying, you know, you haven't told anybody yet and you're trying to just like play the game, how you can totally play the game, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's more about, it's, it's about the sort of behavior with it. It's not just about the, the ordering of the, the drink, right? Like that's a whole nother piece of it, which I think is really interesting. And it's like, why do we feel like in order to be, in order to let loose, in order to be ourselves that we would have to do that? Well, it was funny that you're just saying that because this morning I was trying to think of like, what is it? Because it's like, I just found out bad news. I need a drink. I just found out good news. Let's pop a bottle. We're going out Mm -hmm. to have fun. Let's pop a bottle. We're going to a celebration. We're going to dinner. It's the end of the day, right? It's almost like a transition or it's like a asterisk now it's time to xyz now it's time to unwind now it's time to have fun now it's the end of the day now it's time to unwind now i can show you that i've had a rough day because i'm pouring a stiff drink like it's almost like a click click we've now entered a different realm which disassociation is a different realm right so now i'm going to check out of my normal everyday life and enter into this new transitional moment over here that was different than what was going on over there. So now we're going to go out and party. So we need to click, click, 
it up. And so now you're going to have a couple drinks and not be Allison anymore. You're going to become Allison, you know, 10.0 or whatever with each and every drink that you have. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really, cause I'm such a person that like pulls back and then like really keys in, right? Like I want to put my microscope, like, what am I doing so that I can then understand it? What are people doing? What are they trying to accomplish here? And I think so much of alcohol at this point, at least in the States, is so marketed, we don't even know what's going on anymore. And in this book, um, Quit Like a Woman, and of course, I don't have it upstairs here with me now, um, she compares it to the marketing of, of cigarettes back in the day where it was like Virginia Slims and kind of like showing your masculine side by smoking because no woman would be seen in public smoking. And so smoking in public was like a burn your bra moment, right? And so now it's like a woman that drinks rosé is one kind of woman, a woman that pours herself a Manhattan at a bar with a bunch of men is kind of your ball busting, lean in, boardroom bitch who can hang with the guys, right? And so the marketing of alcohol has led us down a road that is so normalized for ingesting ethanol, which is used to make rocket fuel and jet fuel and does not leave one part of your body not exposed to toxins. It disrupts everything from your hormones, your sleep, your digestive system, your heart. It disrupts. It makes you look old. It it dehydrates you. Like the list goes on and on. You must buy this book. If you're even, if you're even curious, like I might not want to drink every day, just read the book, just get the book. I'm going to link it in my, uh, on my bio, on my social page pages, because I think that we have been, it's like cigarettes were quote unquote healthy. It helps you relax. Alcohol is good for you. You're smart if you understand how to order wine. You're under you're you're cool if you understand bourbon. You're amazing if you know the difference between añejo tequila, reposado tequila, or silver blanco tequila. Like we have made knowing about alcohol a status symbol. Literally, like think about it. Like, do you know the difference between a Pinot Noir, a Shiraz, a Petit Shiraz? Like It's so fucking normal in our society. And it's almost a status symbol to know about booze. And it's all just, it's all booze, right? And it's like, it is healthy. It isn't healthy. This much is healthy. This much isn't healthy. And it's just, we have become a society that I believe, especially, and it's funny because it's, I feel like it's more like lower income and upper income, like lower income. It's like the doldrums of the day, right? It's coping. And the upper income people, the high, you know, the high income people, it's like, well, I I, I can drink as much as I want because I can, I can afford it. I go out to lots of dinners. I can afford a $20 drink. Like Jim and I went out the other night. It was, he ordered a drink. It was $30. Yeah. One drink. I know. My Think dad, that for saving plans. Yeah, my, my dad and plan. Jim, me and both kids went out to dinner the other <laughs> night. It was $160. That would have been a $300 dinner if we drank alcohol. Yeah. yeah. That would have been $300. Yeah. Especially if you're drinking something that's decent, it's outrageously expensive. It is really crazy. What would you say to the people that, right? Because I think right now we're talking about it more from a 
first person perspective. Yeah. What are your feelings and or thoughts on people where a substance is affecting a relationship, right? Like, so you're the other person and you have a spouse, a friend, a coworker, whoever, right? A person in your life who by having some sort of, and I know this is kind of like a huge topic in itself, but while we're at it, I feel like this is an important place to go because a lot of people I feel like listening to this might be, they're probably going to have experienced either one one side or the other of this coin. So what what would your thoughts be on people that are they're on the side of the experience where it's affecting the relationship? So like, let's say where Jim was watching me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, wow, she's kind of drinking a lot. I think the biggest help would have been for him to not drink at all. Because anytime he would have drank to me, so even if I'm drinking a bottle of wine, if he has a glass of wine, that's okaying my bottle. Because to me, he's still drinking. Permission. 100% permission. It's not going to make me wake up and look at what I'm doing because in my mind he's still drinking. Mm -hmm. My brain is not going to calculate glasses. All right. So I would say sobriety, being sober. And I don't really like the word sobriety because it it insinuates alcohol, being an alcoholic. And to be honest with you, I don't feel like I'm an alcoholic, was ever an alcoholic. I was just partaking in too much alcohol. Well, I think they say that, I mean, everybody can decide what their definition is, but my understanding of the definition of that is more of of if it's affecting your relationships, which is kind of why I use that term, right? Like Or your health, your jobs, right? Like I look at it like a five point. Is it ruining a relationship, friend, family, spouse? Are you getting in trouble with the law, DUIs, whatever? Is it affecting your work? Is it affecting your health? And then there's one more that my dad used to always tell me too. But like the five prong, is this affecting any one of these things? For me, the answer was health, but I didn't admit it. You probably didn't even really know though until you stepped back from it, you know? 100%. I justified it. I'm like, no, I've always had, you know, crazy hormones. So it was probably just a matter of the crazy hormones, not realizing that the crazy hormones were being caused probably from alcohol. My hard part is like, let's say for example, I was a big, like, let's say pot smoker, right? And Jim's not smoking pot. Him not smoking pot. I I think that again, be, him being quote sober, if he's that adamant against me smoking pot, him being sober, him not partaking, Him living his life in the best way possible is the only way because discomfort is caused by a difference in frequency. So one of two things are going to happen, okay? Either I, as an addict or as a partaker in addiction or substance, okay? Me as a partaker in substance is going to be uncomfortable around someone who who does not, just as much as someone that does not is going to become uncomfortable around someone that does, right? So we have an imbalance between two humans because of their frequency, someone that's partaking in substance, someone that is not. So what I'm seeing in this moment is that not everyone is going to have the come to Jesus, I need to stop partaking moment. 
what might happen is that the person that is sober is the one that leaves, not the person that's partaking necessarily quits. For me personally, because I am profoundly stubborn and I I tend to be obviously a person that needs to put their hand on the stove and get burnt to learn the goddamn lesson. My doctor told me to quit. My other doctor told me to quit. My other doctor told me to quit. Jim, I'm sure had mentioned that I was drinking like, holy shit, you and your friend just drank a fifth of tequila. I probably would have never quit. Uh, Maybe if I would have gotten like a DUI, that would have woke me up, but I probably still would have justified it in some way. I think that you have to either hit rock bottom or do what I did, which is separate myself enough from it to be able to see what I was doing. So I don't know if anybody telling me to stop would have made me stop, unfortunately. Well, it sounds like it never got bad enough, at least in your specific situation, for it to be something that was like it wasn't like some people can do it and not be disruptive. Right. And other people are just like a disaster. So I think those are differences, too. Yeah, totally functioning. Like wake up in the morning, live my life, never hung over. I probably like, you know, did the throw up. Went before I went to bed, probably once every six years. You know what I mean? Like it was never, I, I didn't like what I would call fall off the cliff. But I, I mean, I, I, I woke up this morning and the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it was almost as if my self, and, and this is not to say that I'm never going to drink again because Jim's trying to figure it out. Like my husband's looking at me going like, what is going, like, what are we doing here? Who are you? <laughs> This poor guy. I mean, when he met me, I was a mild manner drinking secretary for a law firm. And now it's like, now I'm such a completely different person. So he's just trying to keep up, you know, but uh, I'm not saying I will never drink again. Like I've actually thought about it. And I think that the kids today probably have it a little bit more right where they're like, I'll just have like a gummy or Red Bull. I don't even know. Like I, I just... I'm thinking of all the other ways to celebrate without disassociating. But when I woke up this morning, I was like, if I have seven, if, if I get to live to 75, right, which God willing, I live longer than that. But let's just say for round numbers, then that means that 50 years of my or 25 years of my life, let's say 20, 30 years of my life, I will have disassociated during probably most events, 30 years of my life. I have disassociated with alcohol, even to some degree. That's amazing. And so if I can live the next 25 years completely present, that's a good thing. I was just thinking of it the other day and I'm like, what's so wrong with my life that I need to get even a little bit fucked up? Why do I need to check out even a little bit? Why do I need to click, click? and check out of Meredith mm-hmm. and do Meredith on one, two, three, four drinks. I, I just don't know if I need to anymore. I don't know if I'm so uncomfortable with myself. And I'm going to tell you this right now. It hasn't been easy this week. I've had to talk to myself. Yeah. You know, like I've, I've, I, I, like when I sat down at the Italian restaurant, which is white tablecloths, all the lights are covered in red linen, light covers. So it makes the whole room like red, you know, it's very sexy, this Italian restaurant in town. 
and I've been I've been talking to myself and saying you don't you don't need to go anywhere. You're you're whole right now. You don't need mm-hmm. to distract yourself. You don't need to check out. You're you're perfectly okay. There's nothing that you need that's outside of yourself. And that has allowed me to recognize my habit of ordering alcohol when mm-hmm. entering like that social moment. I think what you just said is so huge and profound because if someone is sitting here and they can't relate to the alcohol piece, take the word alcohol and replace it with so many other things, right? Replace it with my phone. Like I have to check my phone 10 million times a day because I'm so uncomfortable just sitting here being present or replace it with busyness of any sort, shopping, working, anything, right? Like anything that keeps you from being present is, and I always say like everybody has an addiction, right? Like that is, it's some sort of something that's numbing you out. That's keeping you from being whole and in the moment because you don't want to experience you're being right. Like it's, it's, you're being avoidant. Like how can you not be avoidant and be safe and comfortable in any situation that you're in without the alcohol or anything else? How can you just sit with it and like get be in it, right? Like how can you do that? Because I think that is what this all this whole conversation comes down to mm-hmm. is being here. How can you be present? Well, the, with yourself. The, the thing that's so cool, and that's what I love about being able to talk on this podcast and being so able to watch myself while being still myself um, and dissecting myself and dissecting like what is actually going on is I am finding myself trying to anchor to anything. I am trying, my brain, my ego is trying to anchor itself to something. And it's, it's fascinating to watch third person while being the person, uh, myself trying to figure out like, well, what, well, who am I then? Like, mm-hmm. like, do I like announce, like, I just got off the phone with a friend before we hit record and she's like, so what's going on in your life? I'm like, well, I haven't drank in a week and okay. So that's kind of cool. Like, what if I could be an inspiration to some people who might be on the fence about a sober lifestyle or a non-drinking lifestyle? But I'm also like, okay, today I have a Zoom recording with Allison, and then I have two doctor's appointments, which P.S. I've lost like, I don't know, 13 pounds in six weeks and without really trying necessarily. And then I'm going to go for a walk. Like I'm going to go for a walk so because now I'm a walker. Like now I'm an ex. Maybe I'll go down in the basement and lift weights again. Like I feel my ego trying to figure out who I'm going to be since I'm not this person anymore. So the other day at a the semifinals baseball game, they made an announcement, no alcohol. Now, mind you, I had a, a water bottle. I was drinking water. Everyone else around me was drinking booze pretty much. And they're like, hey, no alcohol at this field. And so everyone turned and went, Meredith. And I'm like, I'm drinking water. And I'm like, Am I the most vocal about wanting a drink in the past? Or I don't know, like, was I that much out of control that I didn't even recognize that three people turned and looked at me and said, Meredith, even though I was drinking water, was that the universe saying, do you still want to be that person? And how did that make you feel? It made me feel like you don't know me. Like, 
you don't know mm. me. And it's like, no, they do know you. You don't know you. You haven't known you, which is nuts. Yeah. And I know a lot of the people that said, Meredith, do drink. But for whatever reason, I was deemed the drinker. And it's like, now who are you? You know what I mean? Like, how cool would it be to still be fun and crazy? And I just keep coming back to, I know this is going to sound stupid, but like middle school dances and high school dances, because I didn't drink, and how much fun those were and how like light and effortless and free it was to go to those Friday night school dances and have so much fun. And I wasn't drinking at all. And I'm like thinking about like, I talked to my daughter yesterday and I'm like, would you want to go to Lollapalooza? And she's like, oh, Madison is playing. And I'm like, oh my God, kill me. And I'm like, how cool would it be to go to Lollapalooza with my kid and be completely sober and free and checked in and aware of what's going on and not need to disassociate. And you know, this is so crazy. This, this, this actually makes me cry because there was a period of time over the last probably forever until recently where I did not schedule appointments with clients until 10 a.m. in case I was hungover. That makes me sad. That makes me sad that I literally was planning to be hungover seven days a week in a just-in-case energy. And I remember there's things that over the past years that I purposefully have not done, scheduled, et cetera, because of the possibility of drinking the night before. I used to do this thing on Facebook called Monday Night Medium. And I quit doing it because I wanted to do it sober. It was where I would do live readings on Facebook. And I stopped doing it because I didn't want to screw up my drinking alcohol because I'd have to not drink alcohol one night a week. One night a week. Wow. And I it, it was just like, well, it's been, you know, like I want to have a glass of wine. I want to have a glass of wine. I'm... I had put so many things on the distracted list or the not ready to show up list or the, I don't even like my, it's unbelievable. Like, and I just, I don't, I don't think, I just don't think that I want, I just don't think I want that on my plate anymore, which I know that sounds, and if if you're listening to this and you're like, fuck you, Meredith, you know, this is so stupid or you know, there's going to be another set of people that are going to listen to this and go, duh, (laughs) like, like, like you shouldn't drink that much. But I have to tell you, like, it's really, it's really a part of the society that, that surrounds me anyways. Like all the women around me, all the women around me in Florida, all the women around me in Ohio, I really, I, I, I could say that I probably only knew one person that didn't drink. And it really has changed a lot of my relationships. I don't want to really hang out with those people that drink all the time. And I'm going to have to tell them, like, I don't have to tell them 
I'll, I'll probably do what I started to do a while ago, which was just show up with a Yeti and say, I'm drinking this and then it, leave it to their imagination what's inside of my Yeti, which is water or water with lemonade in it. But I'm kind of excited about this. It's uh, scary to kind of say, like, I haven't told my older kids. I had a conversation with my 14-year-old about it. Because it's like, if you say it out loud, then people hold that, hold you to that. Yeah. Right? You're, you're like creating a reality at that point. Right. So like if I go visit Skylar in Florida and I decide I want to order a mojito, oh, mom, you're drinking. I bet you weren't drinking. Like, I don't know if I want to like claim stake to being a non-drinker. I don't so think I- you have to label yourself anyway, though, right? Like- yeah. And I think that's probably something that a lot of people struggle with when they're deciding to make different choices, right? Like it doesn't just because, you know, it was like a hundred percent one way doesn't mean it has to be a hundred percent the other way. I think you can just have an honest conversation. And I think that goes for anyone out there to be like, yeah, like this is where I'm at right now, right? Like you can be somewhere right now and that doesn't mean you have to be that place forever, and we're all in like an ebb and flow, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like this is like, as I like hear what you're saying and just sort of like this place where you're at right now, I feel like you're at this really cool kind of new beginning energy where it's like, okay, I have the realization that I can take where I'm at right now. And like, there's a road in front of me, right? Like there's this road in front of me and I get to decide how I want to show up. And there's a lot of opportunity for me to have a ton of joy in it and have these new experiences in a different way like not that you've never been sober right but it's just like it's like hey I get to pick now like when I was sober like you said I was pregnant I had a justifiable excuse like you went out the other day last night or whatever and the people are like you know like you were like approach avoidance approach like do I have a drink they're going to ask me what about when I order like if someone knows you're full on, don't drink, right? I am a human being that doesn't drink. That conversation is then off the table. You have put that flag in the ground. I do not drink alcohol. Everyone back off. But if you drink sometimes, then it's like, well, why aren't you drinking this time? Why are you choosing this dinner or night out dancing? Why are you choosing? Because I know you do drink. So what's making you not drink? Like that's Mm -hmm. the thing that I find so fascinating about the ego is that we're always trying to level and box people to make it make sense. Like I need to understand what's going on in your life to make me comfortable. We have such a difficult time just accepting the is of Allison in this moment at this party or dinner or whatever, showing up as she wants to without me questioning it or needing to understand it. You know what I mean? And so I I just find it so fascinating, which is probably why a lot of people are like, I don't drink because they don't want to have the conversation. So I think that we should definitely, if not even next week, talk about this again, because I find, I find that right now with the ego and the three-dimensional and really like us leaving things behind, letting go of what doesn't serve us, leveling up, trying to figure out ourselves, relationships, marriages. I mean, I am watching marriages fall to the floor in a rate rate that I have never seen before. And I think that it is the unequally yoked different frequency, different everything 
And I think that this is a part of it is addiction and ego and figuring out who the hell we are on a, on a you know minute by minute basis. So I think that the three dimensional human experience is 100% something that needs to be delved into without a doubt. Yeah. And all this shifting right now. So much. So much is shifting. Well, that was, that'll be $39.95 for that, uh, that <laughs> counseling session. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to an episode. Allison, thanks for kind of sitting here and boxing this around with me. I think that, you know, even if you're still deep in your addiction or deep in your whatever it is that you're doing in life that you're not sure you want to keep doing, hopefully like listening to us talk about it helps you guys. So, or if you know someone that maybe is trying to deconstruct their drinking, um, I like that idea, deconstruct your addiction, because I think that that's what this is. We're deconstructing the social norm of racism, education, alcohol, consumption, whatever. I love that. The deconstruction of addiction. I think that's a great, (laughs) you've probably already seen the title by the time you're hearing this, but I'm just coming up with the title right now. But thank you, Allison. I appreciate you. Yeah, you too. I love your sharing. Thanks, man. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back here next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers.